All right, I'm back with A Black Woman's Guide to Understanding the Black Man. And we're going to finish up chapter four right now. We are on page 68, <clears throat> second paragraph. There have always been and will continue to be black men who claim they are so fed up with the injustices done against blacks that they resort to violence and say they want to wage physical war with America. These black men are the biggest fools of them all. Gun studies say there are more than 200 million firearms in the USA. The bulk of these are owned, assim owned um, assembled and distributed by white males. Let's consider the basic requirements for any nation to wage war on another government. Certain institutions have to be in place, especially to pass the first lick. The minimum needs are a military budget, vehicle vehicular mobility, material suppliers, high-tech weapons, trained soldiers, food and medical care, a communication system, support of allies. The following is the black man's status regarding the above. Number one, budget. Most black men have difficult time pulling together their rent budget. They do not own a bank or, <clears throat> or and are not known to pull their dollars to, for major purchases because they do not trust each other with the money. Wars cost money, and black men will never be able to beg enough donations to finance such an extreme, destined-to-fail, naive idea. Number two, mobility. Cadillacs, Benz, BMWs, or vans are no value in a war zone, nor can they take place of a tank. Blacks own no airline, have no helicopters, and a few trained pilots would jeopardize their positions at major airlines to fly fighter planes for the black men's war against America. Guerrilla warfare on the concrete will be difficult. Number three, supplies. Only a few black men qualify as manufacturers in their businesses. They do not have a central warehouse to order ammo, equipment, clothing, helmets, shields, or any other incidental items needed in war. Neither do they have offshore contacts to have stock drop shipped in. Four, weapons. Black men do not have nor ever will be allowed to have enough firearms or contracts to stockpile the kinds of weaponry and explosives necessary to pull off a military coup against the American government. A few 22s and 38 shotguns and several automatic weapons are not sufficient to attack the most powerful warring nation on the globe. Five. Black men have never... It'll buzz when it's time. Huh? What? Is that no, it will buzz, won't it? The oven. The oven will buzz when the bread is done. Okay? okay. Leave it alone. It has to cook in the inside. Black men have never, um, so soldiers, sorry about that. Uh, black men have never had but two organizations that trained them for military competence, and they are no longer in existence. And when they were the majority of black men disagree with their, when and when they were, the majority of black men disagreed with their theories about preparing themselves for self-defense. They have no sane trained generals or necessary personnel. Plus, they would never be able to convince black men in any sizable numbers to voluntarily commit suicide for a cause. Number six, food and medicine. Black men do not have a hospital controlled by them to take in their injured and wounded. They do not... Yes, they get it out and turn the oven off. They do not have access to volume prescription medications. Either <clears throat> blacks get all their food stuff from European producers who are stocked by European farmers. The black man buys all his food. Do it look good? Yes. 
at a supermarket or a fast food chain. A people who cannot even feed themselves independently have no business ever considering going to war with the nation, providing them with food, clothing, and shelter. The USA could win the war by simply starving them to death and blocking the doors of KFC. Communications. Black men use home telephones, car phones, and phone booths to contact each other, and most are operated and owned by AT&T. Most black men do not even have CB or walkie-talkie. If they started the war in California, they would have no way to know what was happening in New York City. The only people they could communicate with would be those they could physically reach out and touch. Allies. Black men are not military affiliated with any foreign governments. As much as they say they love and support the motherland or launch verbal campaigns against apartheid in South Africa, nobody from Africa is going to ever use a hostile invasion of America to rescue or help the black man. No African nations have ever expressed public outrage at how the black man is treated in America. Black men do not qualify for recognition as a nation because they are dependent upon the USA for all their needs and are not nationally organized, nor have they, nor have they African names or religious religions to identify them as lost as a lost tribe worthy of defending. So there it is in black and white. Black men are not qualified or prepared to go to war and any attempts at such will end in bloodshed and humiliation. The black men who espouse this kind of pointless rhetoric have no consideration of the black women and black children or the elders. The black man is not divinely defenseless, but he would be delusional psychologically Psychotically so to think he could be, win anything but a casted or lengthy jail sentence by employing this method to seek freedom. Additionally, black men tend to decide to believe in or align themselves with the political dogma or strong black men who are now dead. They claim a few ideas or a statement from them and try to build an entire allegiance based on a few parables or slogans. It seems the most enduring slogan uh, capulated into popularity by Malcolm X during the 60s, which resurfaced periodically as it has now, is by any means necessary. Black men say that by any means necessary means that they should fight for the freedom and get it no matter what it takes. Let's consider some of the means that might become necessary. It could mean that black men must quit their jobs working in the system, abandon all the credit cards, and default on their card notes in order to give full attention to important issues in the struggle, like pooling their resources and energy to form independent businesses, schools, and food dis distribution systems. It could entail black men to stop going to church and study their own culture and religions, giving up the slave master's name, and work daily to figure out how to get along with each other. It might mean going without the latest cycle of clothing, selling all the jewelry to get cash to finance their projects, or eating only one meal a day to conserve food and expenses. It could mean that <clears throat> black men have to start taking black women off the streets who are living immorally, or claiming some of the black babies and youth who have been left in agencies to keep them from being absorbed in cross-racial adoption. It could mean going into a room with his neighbors or club members and not coming out until they came to an agreement about what must be done to salvage black communities and formulate an agenda and assign themselves duties to get the job done. It could also mean that they have to start making their word their bond and doing what they say they're going to do and clean up their own neighborhoods and make repairs where needed. This would include policing their own areas and making them a safe and clean place to live. What if the above six examples are 
are the means necessary to restore values and self-sufficiency in African-American communities. How many Black men are really willing to use any means necessary to rebuild Black culture and Black pride by sacrificing their individual greed and personal aspirations for the benefit of the Black nation at large? How many Black men are confident enough in themselves to step out on air, decide that the Black God is with them, and use their lives to be an example of young Black males of what taking responsibilities look like? And how many Black males are serious and concerned to the point of standing up for what they think is right and try to build something that they don't ask the white man to finance. These are the questions. This is the call. A yay or nay response is expected to be forthcoming. So the next time a black man is found or heard elaborating on what blacks should do to get out of the predicament and to reestablish values in the black family to save the children, ask him to read this chapter, take positive action, or suggest he hush and stop fooling himself. They are the only men on earth who insist on trying to talk themselves into a better condition instead of working for one. The black man annoys a lot of people who identify him by his so-called skyrocketing ego. It seems that just about anything he brags he can do that is different from how things are usually done is referred to as ego tripping. He is charged with having an undeserving value for himself and is too self-centered. Thinks... <clears throat> thinks he's great, does a lot of unsubstantiated tall talk, and when in this trance talks like he has the whole wide world in his hands. The dimensions of his ego libido fluctuates from big, bigger to biggest, and his ego is just as spry and sturdy as any other male mammal and stands for his last clutch for life. It is the European male who has always set the clearest example of having the greatest amount of king-sized ego, what size of an ego did it take the European explorers to travel around the world and decide that wherever they stopped, they had a right to claim the land, rename it, and put the people already residing there under their authority? And what is the death and breadth of an ego that convinced them that they are solely in charge of distributing information according to their own writings to the rest of the world by claiming that they are the sacred leaders of all civilized standards? And what kind of an overblown ego tells them that while they do rank as the least number of people on the earth, they have the right to claim the supreme being God as a member of their sparse race? If anyone has over-exaggerated their worth, power, or desires, it is the white man, not the black man. And then these same self-proclaimed world leaders had the nerve during the conflict between Iraq and Kuwait to rush to Kuwait's side expressing shock and outrage at Saddam Hussein's savage disrespect for human life in order to gain control of another territory. Saddam was charged with invading Kuwait, plundering their villages, enslaving the men and raping the women, taking control of their natural resources, and staking claim to the entire area. Saddam was further lambastated for accomplishing all this by brute force, trickery, and sophisticated weaponry. Ironically, Saddam's methods exactly parallel with the war tactics used by the white men when he claimed to have found America and set up on the Indians with a vengeance. It was the same cowardly self-serving Ingomnia that was used by the Dutch, the British, and the French in Africa, Australia, and multiple surrounding islands. There is absolutely no difference at all. And the white man has the nerve to get misty eyed and sentimental when singing the national anthem and experiences great pride at overpowering American soil and building his own civilization. This is the kind of disregard they have for all other forms of human life. If it doesn't look like them, even in territories around the globe where the 
they number the least amount of the population, they are in charge. They are the rulers of any non-white peoples in the area. The question is, who gave them the right to claim the whole earth as theirs and to be boss over everybody else on it? All right, that is the end of the communications, chapter four, and that's page 73. Boy, that was just really got deep, deep, deep. I, uh, she talked about how the black man is accused of having this big ego, but he's his ego is nothing compared to the white man's ego. He did, you know, he started it. And I don't know, maybe the black man kind of of looking at him and looking at him acquiring wealth and knowing that in the black man's DNA, he's been the king. He's been the in the hierarchy and the most wealth that he kind of uh, has that ego trip to, you know, treating people like that, you know? So, okay. All right. 